If you're creating written content on your website, you need to be testing. Kevin Indig is the director of SEO at Shopify. He's going to break down how you can implement SEO testing on your site to get more eyes and ultimately more customers. Kevin, man, stoked to have you here. And to be honest, I guess one of the reasons that I'm most excited is because this is a topic that I personally don't know a lot about. And I would suspect a lot of our listeners here today, it's going to be a new side of SEO for them to explore as well. So I'm super excited to jump into this concept of SEO testing or SEO, A-B testing, split testing, whatever we want to call it here, and kind of unpack how we can do this and what tools can help us create more impactful content for our businesses. So thanks for coming on and chatting about this. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It's great to be here. Yeah, dude. So let's just get right into it. Why would a company want to be doing SEO testing on their content? It's a fantastic question that I think a lot of people don't have on their radar. And so what's really been happening over the last five-ish years is that Google runs a, they just use much more machine learning for ranking results. And so as a result of that, or as a consequence of that, search results are harder to predict. And it's just the levers to pull and the factors that play a role are also much less transparent, right? And so you have to run a very scientific approach to SEO these days, very similar to other disciplines like medicine, for example, right? I'm not saying we're saving lives as SEO, but I'm saying that just like how we don't know everything about the body, we also don't know everything about Google search algorithms. And so the way to explore that is a scientific mindset that has testing at its heart. So this is actually a little bit off topic, but I'll steer it back after this. I've always wanted to ask someone this. Is there anyone like at Google that actually knows the exact like way that this happens and the way it works? Because it's very like everything is very theoretical. Like we run these tests and thus we think this is how the algorithm works. But is there somebody over there like kick back in their chair, like giggling, like they got it wrong again? Or is it just not that type of thing? Like it's very much a being of its own. I think it used to be like that. And now it's really very different, very similar to how not a single person knows how to build an iPhone. I think it's very, very true for the algorithm as well, the algorithm. And I don't know this for sure, right? This is me piecing things together and knowing, like having spoken to some people at Google before. What I do know for sure is that the people who are working at the core ranking algorithm, they're very shielded from the rest of the organization. It's almost like, the Coca-Cola recipe. So there is a group of people who works in a very different building like the rest of the people on the Google campus and in the Bay Area. And they work on very specific problems. But to your point, no, I don't think there's a single person. And I also don't even know if the people who work on these algorithms have a perfect understanding of all the signals that influence the algorithms. I, I much more envision it in a way that those people set goals for that algorithm to achieve or paint what success looks like the algorithm then learns based on some inputs and then spits out a different outcome. And this is where Google validates the outcome with quality testers to really understand if the algorithm has achieved that outcome. And that's a continuous cycle. And that algorithm or these hundreds and thousands of algorithms is actually not one, it's a lot. They just keep learning and keep getting better over time. So I think there isn't a single person who says, ah, oh, these are the hundred signals they were measuring it's much more what does good look like? And then the algorithm goes out and, and thinks about what could be all the factors to consider to get to that end result. Yeah. So it's the short version of that is it's very complicated, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's not a, a single person. So with that, the complicated nature of that, 
I think this is where the testing comes in, right? Because you don't have a definitive answer on we do this and the result is first page on Google. Like it's not that cut and dry. So tell me a little bit about the mechanisms that go into testing SEO. Like what are you guys doing behind the scenes? Like what things are you actually testing? And then on the back end of that, we can dive into what tools and things like that actually enable you to do this at scale. Yeah, the context there is that we want to predominantly test things on websites that we think have an impact on SEO. Obviously, A-B testing is very heavy on the user front and also works very differently. On the SEO side of things, we do what we run quasi-experiments. We call them quasi-experiments. They're really, they're not perfectly statistical experiments, but they're good enough to shape and inform our understanding of SEO. And so you already set the stage perfectly when you said that there are different things that we can test. Some of them are on the meta level, more factors or things that appear in the Google search results, like the title, for example, the meta title, by the way, very, very impactful. That is something we can test, meta description, rich snippets. So anything that that the user sees about the site before they actually visit the site. Then there are the things that are on the site themselves. So it could be anything from headings to the content, images, image alt tags, all this stuff, internal linking. This is all stuff you can test. And then lastly, you can run tests on some things that are not visible to users, but only visible to search engines like uh, speed, for example. I mean, speed is, users perceive that, but they don't, they don't see that as an element on the site. So you can run A-B tests on speed as well. So there's a lot. Yeah, so you guys at Shopify have probably done, uh, like you said, I, before we started recording last year, you guys did like 100 of these SEO type tests. What is something that was like, you guys found out was like a no-brainer? Like, of course that has a big impact. And like, what was something where you were like, oh shit, like I didn't think about that. Maybe we should focus on this more. There are some things that you have a, an intuition will make a difference, but then turn out to be much more impactful, like rich snippets. And this is no secret. Everybody knows that rich snippets are important. But the beauty about SEO testing is that you can come to an actual incrementality of how important they are. Do they improve clicks by 8% or 11% or maybe 1%? And that's really what all of this is getting to, is to get an understanding of incrementality. What is the net benefit, the net gain from adding these things or modifying these things on my site? So Rich Snippet's been, been very enlightening to test those kind of things. Title is one that has been important since day one, but title is not just one test. You know, there are lots of different things you can test in the title from certain elements in the title that are recurring to an emotional dial, like how aggressive, how clickworthy do you make titles to the length? There's a lot to be tested. And it's sometimes sad to see how people try three different things on meta titles and then call it a day. This is an ongoing, never ending effort. Coming back to this idea of incrementality, right? It really puts things into perspective and tells you how important these things are. And the key to testing incrementality, and this is, you know, maybe it goes back to a larger point, but the way that a lot of SEOs test is that they roll out a change, they see traffic goes up or ranks go up, and then they say test is successful. But that's actually not a, it's not a full quasi test. That is a before and after, which in some cases, it's better than doing nothing. But to get a true understanding of things, you need to revert the changes you made once you see an impact. So once you see in traffic uplift or a dip, you need to reverse the change and see if it comes back to baseline. That's kind of scary for a lot of people, right? Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> of course, super scary. Absolutely. 
but that's what it takes to really understand what moves the needle. Validate if if it was the change or if something happened in like in the algorithm, quote unquote, that actually had nothing to do with the change you made. That's exactly on point, Brian. And so it can be, you know, like just to talk a little bit about what things can tear apart your SEO experiment. It can be algorithm changes. It can be world events or just events in your industry that all of a sudden push Google to make changes. But it can also be things like changes in the SERP landscape. For example, if you have a result that all of a sudden gets side links, the impressions for that snippet will go through the roof overnight. And that tears apart your SEO test. Competitor activity is another one, technical issues. So a lot can actually go wrong with SEO tests. There's a lot of challenges of what surfaces do you test on and not running simultaneous tests on the same surface. So, you know, there's there's a bit of a coordination effort you have to make. Yeah. And as you guys are doing this testing, you're you're testing all this various stuff out, the rich snippets, the title, meta descriptions, all this these different factors within a piece of content, this can obviously be quite the undertaking, especially if you're trying to do this at scale. So what are some tools that someone could look into even start to get down this path, whether they're a one-man shop or a team of 25 or plus like you guys are at Shopify? Yeah, that's a good point. And I like to call out the team size, not because of the size, but because I have, you know, I have a dedicated experimentation team. I just want to point that out. You know, if you want to run run 100 tests, then you need a you need a full team to go after that. There are several tools based on your fidelity and understanding of SEO testing. So for an entry level, I suggest a tool like seotesting.com, which allows you to run very simple before and after tests or incremental tests. It's very, very accessible and very straightforward. For the more advanced and technical people, Google provides a free open source library called Causal Impact. That allows you to run basic SEO tests. It's, if you are versed in cause and impact, that's all you need. If you want to take it to the advanced level, there are solutions like Search Pilot or SEMrush Split Signal or uh, Write, R-Y-T-E, a, a tool from Germany. They allow you to run you know, uh, very high-fidelity tests based on whatever site you're, you're going with. At what level would someone need to be interested in doing this type of testing, right? Because it's it's obviously not for everyone, right? Is there a threshold or, and I don't know what that would be, whether it be like, you know, monthly page views or amount of content or what it might be, but like, if there is a threshold, like what would that be where it might be worth someone endeavoring into this? I like this question a lot because the reality is that you need a minimum amount of traffic to even run SEO tests. And so there's no perfect number. I mean, actually, you can get to a very perfect number. Uh, There's some online calculators that will uh, help you understand how long you have to run a test based on how much traffic you get. But that's coming much more from from a user testing perspective, from the classic A-B testing that is not so close to search engines. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. And reality is that the longer you run a test, the more robust the results become, but also the higher the risk that something impacts the results that is, you know, that doesn't have to do anything with the treatment or the changes you make. So that being said, I think once you get uh, like 10,000, and this is me picking an arbitrary number based on experience. So it takes with a huge grain of salt, but I think once your site hits about 10,000 monthly visitors from organic search, that's when you can like really lean into SEO testing, but it so depends also on the type of site you have. So 
there are really two different types of sites. I call them integrators and aggregators. But in a nutshell, you have to ask yourself the question, do I drive most of my SEO traffic from my blog or content that I create? Or do I have a user-generated content model or some inventory? So SaaS companies, for example, they create the content themselves. They're in the first bucket. And then on the other side, in the other bucket, are companies that are marketplaces, e-commerce stores, and those kind of very scalable sites. And so the 10,000 monthly, I would consider that more for the first bucket for sites that have to create the content themselves. And the reason I'm saying that is because you need to pick a control URL if you want to test something. So when to test something on, on blog post A, you need a blog post B that has a very similar traffic pattern. So you have a control to measure against. That is not a problem for very scalable sites in the second bucket, like the marketplaces, e-commerce stores of the world. They have enough pages with the same template that they can create little groups or buckets of pages and then make changes on one bucket and measure against the other one that has no changes as a control. And there, it's much more open-ended because you can test in a different way. I hope that I hope that's helpful. Again, no, no perfect answer, but 10,000 monthly organics, that's like where I would start. Got it. And last question here. So we're in 2022 right now, just to put a timestamp on it. What is something that you see changing going into 2023 and beyond? Like, where do you foresee the game of SEO? Because I would imagine you guys at Shopify, you have a pretty big operation. So you guys are not just planning for the right now, you're planning for the future. Like, what do you guys see as some of this stuff that might be changing or coming down the pipe? Yeah, so obviously, like one big change is that there is no perfect cookie cutter template anymore. And this really builds on the, our conversation over the last 15 minutes. SEO testing in my mind is absolutely crucial. Like, for example, when, when I see blog articles that say, oh, here's the best way to structure your title, I get, you know, I get like my heart beats a little faster and I get really sad. <laughs> it's like, you don't know this, like you need to test this. So this is one thing. The other thing is that the search landscape changes so quickly. Right, So new SERP features, the, the way that Google designs search results pages is changing at a rapid pace. And so in my mind, in the future, it's really going to be the SEO teams that have the best understanding of what happens in the search results that are going to win instead of the SEO teams that have the best understanding of ranking signals. Because those have been, you know, those you can figure those out with SEO testing, what kind of levers to pull to get to a certain position. But all the other stuff that's happening in the search results, that's just a growing piece of puzzles that you need to to figure out. And so understanding is the name of the game. Knowing what's happening, that's the future. Yeah, it seems like more and more, you don't even have to click into a blog post to get your answer. Like Google serves it up without ever having to click in. So for me, I'm curious from like a ad revenue standpoint, like how that's going to change things. Because I would imagine because they're pretty damn good at it. And I imagine they're going to get better at it. And there's going to come a point where do you even need to go into the blog? Like, will you ever like, or will you still be clicking on links to go into blogs? And in some capacity, of course, right? But I think the click-through rate is going to drop down substantially because your problem is going to be solved without going in. Oh, yeah. And not even not only for blog posts, but for buying products, for you know any anything you want to learn, like all of that is more and more answered in the search results. And so I 100% agree with you. That's going to be the biggest challenge is to understand where new opportunities of SERP features that I can rank in and where do I have to really manage my expectations because I'm just not going to get a lot of clicks from the organic search results anymore. Yeah, 
Fantastic, Kevin Doodle. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people check out more about uh, what you talk about all day? Yeah, thanks. So I write a, a blog. A new article comes up weekly. It's also sent out as a newsletter, uh, and you can find that on www.kevin-indig.com. That's also where I explain this whole concept of integrators, aggregators, SEO testing, everything in between. So check it out. It's, it's obviously free and accessible for everyone. Cool. Awesome. I'll put that down in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out. And uh, thanks so much, dude. Thanks for having me. Hey, before you go, real quick, real quick, take a screenshot, shoot this over to a friend. That's how we grow the show. You share it. I keep producing awesome content. Deal? Deal. Oh, and, and by the way, if you're ready to create your own content funnel, head over to contentfunnels.co and snag a time on my calendar today. 